The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on The Lab Report, we're going to talk to William Branham. Navy SEAL veteran, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and leadership advisor. And I have nothing to contribute (laughs) to this, I think. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to The Lab Report. I just watched you throw that paper towel into the garbage and miss. Uh, yeah, the, the sweater caught me up. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a little uh-huh. tight. A little tight. Okay. I'm not used to that. Okay, Indiana. Hello! Hi, I'm Michael Chapman. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Patty Devers? Crushing it, mm. as per usual. Okay. Yeah. Living your best life, too? That, too. Okay. Uh-huh. So, here we are. We're here. This is a podcast. It is. It's called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thank you to Genova. Thank you. And it's where we talk about things like... Functional integrative medicine, specialty lab testing, therapeutics that are somewhat natural, mm-hmm. and uh, a whole bunch of other things, too. Especially today, we're going to be talking about some CBD and wisdom, life experiences, yeah. Yeah. and all the rest. It's, yeah. it's sort of like the life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> well, if you're, 42. If you're new to the show, you picked a doozy. This is going to be a great one. Welcome. And if you're returning, thank you so much for your ongoing support. Yeah. Perhaps... Go to iTunes, Spotify, you know, rate, review. Do follow, that. Follow the show. Leave That's us, helpful. Leave us reviews. Listen, Uh-oh. you out there. Wow. We are doing this wow. at a very minimal charge to you. <laughs> okay? And by minimal, I mean free. And so the best, the least you can do, not uh-huh. the best you could do, uh-huh. the best you could do is probably write like a really awesome long review with yeah. five stars oh. and email us and tell yeah. us we're really cool. Remember our birthday, send us gifts, Stuff all like that. that. That's, that's the best. <laughs> but the least you can do is just to go on there and follow us, right? Yeah. So that's that's awesome. Please do that. It helps us. Doesn't hurt. That's me pleading. You were pretty forceful there. Got nervous. Every once in a while, you know. Yeah. You got to break it out. It's pretty desperate, though. <laughs> All the time I break that out. <laughs> well, if you're a, a consumer out there interested in checking out Genova's products yourself, you can head over to Genova Connect, which is connect.gdx.net, where you can order directly and we can connect you with a, a client somewhere in your area to help guide your health care. And we also have a promo code if you're interested. The promo code, the lab report 20. You type that in and you get 20% off That's a lot. of our testing available at connect.gdx.net. Uh, it is a lot. That's a, that's, that's a big chunk yeah, of change. Yeah, right? Right? You're well, welcome. We're, we're going to link all this in the show notes, so you haven't missed anything. Yeah, you can always check it out right there in mm-hmm. the show notes. Uh, here's the thing, Patty. What? Here's normally where we throw in like a little bit of banter, just kind of mm-hmm. what's been going on, all that sort of stuff. Today we have on William Branham, oh. and I don't think that's appropriate at all. <laughs> I don't think there's any banter that needs to come before William Branham. In fact, I think it would uh, just be a waste of time. Well, we met this amazing human being, and we're really excited for you to meet him too, so let's just call him up. I mean, our banter might be a waste of time mm-hmm. every episode, right? but really I'm just afraid of getting in trouble with William Branham. <laughs> Patty, I think we need to get our ducks in a row. Let's do it. Get ready for this because this is going to be amazing. I'm psyched. William Branham is a highly decorated Navy SEAL veteran who served in the United States military for 26 years. Wow. During his extensive military career, he honed his leadership skills, 
cultivated a strong mindset, gained invaluable experience in high-pressure situations as a sniper instructor, leading teams on operations ranging from protecting the interim Iraqi elected officials to direct action missions in Baghdad and Afghanistan, as well as undersea missions that were required to be approved by the President of the United States. Wow, typical underachiever. Did you hear that? I did. After retiring from the military, William has made it his mission to share the lessons he learned with others as a speaker, author, and business and leadership advisor. William's expertise in leadership and mindset has been sought after by organizations ranging from small universities to Fortune 500 companies. He draws on his experiences to provide practical advice on how to cultivate a leadership style that inspires and motivates others, and how to develop the resilience needed to succeed in challenging environments. William's commitment to serving others drove him to launch Naked Warrior Recovery, through which he supports several philanthropic causes, including the Navy SEAL Foundation, Centurion Military Alliance, and 220. Through his work, William continues to inspire individuals and organizations to embrace the qualities that have made him a successful leader, such as discipline, dedication, and a willingness to push beyond one's limits. And with that, uh, welcome holy. to the lab report, William. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm like, that's a really great bio. Who are you talking about? I want to hear about that guy. <laughs> well, I want to start here because the profundity of this struck me mm. to the point of tears. Like when I started to hear about your story and you think 26 years, 26 years is a very long time. That's yes. basically your adult life in military special operations. And, you know, most Americans, unless you know a soldier, you don't realize what this is about and you take things for granted. So you spent your life, your, basically your entire adult life, with a team and a mission, and then you leave the military, and you've lost your team, and you've lost your mission. So I, I want you to really put that into words, into really good words, and, and talk to us not only about how you coped, but how you've come to thrive, because a lot of military, ex-military, do not. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it's something that's taken me a long time to kind of figure out my my very own self over here. Mm. I, and I and I think I'm you know a relatively smart guy, yeah. um, although <laughs> you, if you looked at my grades in high school, you wouldn't think so. But whatever, <laughs> that's that's a long time ago. Um, I've learned lessons since then. Mm -hmm. So you know, I I say a lot of times that my transition from the military to civilian life is is in was and is the, the hardest military mission that I've ever been on. Mm. And I'm still on that mission today. Yeah. You know, I I kind of equate it to that Avengers movie where Thanos, you know, he gets the the five stones and the <laughs> rings and whatever, the, the glove, and then he snaps his fingers and half the world's population vanishes mm. all at once. That's yeah. kind of the way I felt. Wow. And I've talked to other kind of high performers, uh, professional athletes, uh, other entrepreneurs who have sold big businesses, I've talked to people who were uh, actually a guy who used to be a heavy metal drummer mm -hmm. in Anthrax, Slayer. Oh, wow. I think wow. I forgot what other what other bands he was in, but mm -hmm. he you know he decided to, to not take that that medication that they wanted you to take. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, at the you know after after you know that thing that happened in 2020, and so because he wouldn't take that medication, he's not allowed to tour with the band anymore. Mm -hmm. So he had to you know we're all going through these life transitions. Yeah. Right. I actually did a Ted talk about a month and a half ago talking about life transitions. Hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things I, I say is you should figure out what it is you want to do. You can like, I knew that I was going to retire out of the military. I did not want to, mm -hmm. I was in complete mm -hmm. denial. Wow. I think a lot of guys are in, in complete denial about it because you know, this is all we know. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so what I tell people now is start at least a year out 
And it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if it's the military, if it's if it's anything else. Start a year out and figure out what you want to do, where you want to go, or who you want to become, what you want to become, and then start working on whatever that is. Write down like it's make a plan. Write down the thing that you want to do, like a like a goal. It's mm-hmm. like a mission. Yeah. And then write down the steps that it's going to take you to get there. If you need, maybe you want to change jobs and you want to do this sort of IT thing. Well, what are the credentials you need to go get that IT job? Go start taking those classes now. If you if you think you're going to have to move to another location, start looking at houses now. Where do you want to move? What neighborhoods? What what uh, school districts? Things like that. Start planning that way ahead of time. Mo- most people don't plan way ahead of time. I actually get people give me a hard time about they say that I don't plan that well. I actually plan really well. I'm just not looking at all the details right now. Like I have enough sort of broad brush, mm-hmm. and then I you know I have enough information. I have enough experience that I can kind of roll with the punches. I've asked myself, what if enough times? What if this happened? What if that happens? Very seldom does something happen that I can't deal with or cope with because I've thought about it. I put enough brain power into figuring out how to solve that problem way in advance. Mm. Um, but, you know, when I, I, I live in Hawaii, so I am <laughs> literally on a rock in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and again, that goes right back to when I retired. I felt completely alone, completely lost, mm. and 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 it was like I said, one of the hardest things I've ever done. But what I started doing is I started. I thought about. I reached out to number one. I had no social media presence. Mm. Zero. You could not find me on the internet. I did not exist, and that was there was a purpose behind that because right. of the occupation sure. that I had. Sure. Now, as I was transitioning out, people were like, oh, you need to get on social media. You need this. You need that. You need all this other stuff. You need to be found on the Internet. And I was like, I but I don't want to be. Mm. I, you know, I, right. I've, I've certainly changed changed since then. But it took it was a lot of evolution that, you know, and a lot of sort of imposter syndrome also that I had to, to, to deal with. And so one of the first things I did was I started reaching out to people I used to work with. Okay. They've already transitioned. They already know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Let maybe I should follow in there. They already have it figured out. Maybe I should follow in their footsteps. Ask them. So I started regathering people that I used to work with, and then they connected me with other people that were, you know, I would say the Navy SEAL of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. They were the best. And so I started. What I say, I started building my new boat crew or building my new SEAL team. Right. And so. Um, so a boat crew in in seal training it's a uh, seven guys you carry this rubber boat around on your head you paddle it out in the ocean you come back you do all these races and during during hell week of, of seal training is you have that boat with you 24 7 mm-hmm. unless you're in the chow hall eating mm-hmm. and you, it, it's all about teamwork it's all about racing it's all about winning and it's all about suffering together as a as a team as mm-hmm. a group and i noticed there was this one boat crew Hell Week, so for those of you who don't know, Hell Week is five and a half days. It starts Sunday night, and then it finishes Friday night sometime, Friday evening, early afternoon, late afternoon, depending on the schedule of the people who are uh, in charge. And so I I noticed this one boat crew winning all the races from Sunday night through Monday afternoon sometime. And all the guys that were in my boat crew, I was in boat crew four at the time, I, and I had been at SEAL training for quite a, for at least six months at that point because I got injured several times. And there were guys wanting to quit. They didn't want to put out. They didn't want to work that hard. They were just mm-hmm. kind of like sort of meandering, kind of sort of there, but not really that mm-hmm. engaged. And I'm like, let's fucking go, man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to win. I want to be at the front. I want to. 
and I was broken. I was, you know, gimping along. Um, and at some point I'm like, I keep watching boat crew three win. And I'm like, I want to be in boat crew three. I don't want to be around guys that want to be mediocre <laughs> right. because right. there is, you know, there isn't, you have a choice in, in seal training. You can be, uh, you have two choices. You can quit or you can keep going. And if you decide to keep going, you can either be mediocre or you can be awesome. Mm. Yeah, it, it is. It is a choice. And you have that that opportunity in, in seal training. If you're mediocre for long enough, they're going to weed you out. But to be awesome, to be at the, the highest peak, you have to put extra effort in. So I didn't want to be I wanted to be the winner. I wanted to be the guys that finished the race first and we got five extra minutes to sit down. Mm. Um, and so at the end of Monday, Monday afternoon, late afternoon, we lost enough people so we had to reshuffle the boat crews and everything boat crews are set up in height so boat crew one is the tall guys boat crew two is the next tallest guys boat crew three is the next taller guys i'm right around that next that boat crew three height but i wasn't sure and so what i did is i kind of waited for everyone to line up and i was like one two three four five seven that's one two that's boat crew one one two three four five six seven that's boat crew two one two three four i'll be number five and if i'm not tall enough and we're on the beach i'll just pile some sand under my feet to make sure that i'm, I'm as tall as the other guys but, and then, and then boat crew three, and then I stayed in boat crew three for the rest of hell week. We won every single race from then on. I mean, they were winning, they were winning races. And so it was this, it was kind of like going back to the Jim Rohn. You're the sum of the five people that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. And, uh, or, you know, Dale Carnegie talks about masterminds, bringing mm -hmm. awesome people together that have a, a common goal to, to, to do greater things. And so that's really what, what, what I talk about when I'm, when I talk about like finding my new boat crew, I want to find people who are better than me that are going to bring me up to their level. When I was in boat crew three, I got in there and there were no like superstars. Everyone was just regular Joe, but every one of those guys had this uncommon desire to succeed more than everyone else. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm in here. And I would have times where I'm like, my stomach hurts, my side, my hip hurts. Oh, my legs hurt. I don't feel like keeping up. I want to slow down. But if I slow down, I'm, I'm, screwing like six other guys like mm -hmm. i'm slowing them down mm -hmm. yeah yeah so rather than me feel sorry for myself i think about the bigger picture and that's really what being in a team is all about you're bringing each other up to a a higher level and so those guys were always bringing me up and i'm sure that and i never talked to any of those guys about this but i'm sure they all felt sorry for themselves at some point and they were tired and they didn't want to like work that hard but we just kept doing it anyway and so as I got out, I started collecting people that are all higher performers than me mm -hmm. who have a similar vision or a bigger vision. Like I look at their vision. I'm like, Oh, I want to be, I want to do better than what you're doing. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, but that's, that's just because I want to continue to grow and, and learn and, and get better. And that's, that, that's just who I am. So I had to, I had to go in and I'm still looking for those, the right people to be in my boat crew. So it sounds mm -hmm. like in that transition, when you find yourself out on that island, it's the humility to reach out for help and try to reconnect with people and to recreate your boat crew is basically what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really asking for help was the is really the most the hardest thing I ever had to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I hear, too, you sort of globalized it to where, you know, it's, it's not just your experience. It's anyone who has, you know, a, whether it's a profession they've been in for a long time, a career they've been in a long time, an art that they've studied for a long time, something that's really cultivated their identity. And so to try to switch into something completely different, you know, it's, it's kind of like everyone has the capacity to, to need to go through that transition. Um, the thing that came to my mind or the question that I was thinking of is it seems like the transition into civilian life has got to just be so exceptionally jarring because of how different civilian life is. Um, and and like Patty said before, you know, a lot that that tends to, 
even consume a lot of people who've gone from the military to yeah. civilian life. Yeah. So can you speak a little bit just to kind of how jarring it really is to be in that environment for 26 years and then to kind of walk into civilianhood? Sure. So in the military, especially the SEAL teams, but, you know, I was in the regular military before I was in the SEAL team, so I can speak to both, right. is you when you wake up in the morning, you know what you're going to do. You know where you're going to go. You know how you're going to do it. You you have everything is already planned out for you. Or even if you're in charge, you're you're you know who's going to show up. You know what things you're going to have to deal with. You know what your life is going to look like. But there's also that discipline, that that schedule, that very hardcore sort of um, you, you, you don't want to mess that up mm -hmm. because there are consequences to pay mm -hmm. on the civilian side. There are no consequences really i mean if you don't show up for your job maybe you get fired maybe not it's it's a kind of a weird world out there right now mm -hmm. um but i was i was you know really interested in what people were saying when people as i was getting out people were like yeah you're gonna have no problem getting a job because employers have a really hard time just getting people to show up to work on time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like what how is that possible yeah. but then i you know i got out and i was like i kind of felt a little bit entitled Oh. I've done all this work. I've done all this other stuff yeah. and I hate entitlement, but I'm, I'm being very vulnerable right here. I definitely had it mm -hmm. and I didn't want to do the work. I didn't want to work that hard. I didn't want to, and I was building a company mm -hmm. and I was failing. And then that made me feel more sorry for myself. Mm. And you know, but, but I, but it was, I'm grateful for those lessons now because had I not had those failures, had I been successful right out the gate, I wouldn't understand the real work that goes into building something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about that company. Um, you know, we're a lab company and we're a medical show. And we've talked about the endocannabinoid system on the show and how it serves to get your body back in its homeostasis, back to that steady state, right? You founded a company called Naked Warrior Recovery to develop premium CBD products to support mental and physical recovery. But first, tell us about this name. What, what is it? Why Naked? What, do, what does that stand for? <laughs> it for stands you? out, for sure. <laughs> it definitely does. <laughs> Yeah, good. That that was kind of the point. <laughs> so, the the naked warrior. Have you ever seen the movie Saving Private Ryan? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's been a few years since it came out, but mm -hmm. a fantastic movie. So that initial assault on Normandy, mm -hmm. that didn't just happen overnight. The way that happened is the Navy went out and found a bunch of guys that were good with demo and they could swim. And then they brought these guys in and they, they came up with a plan. So these guys would, you know, take a little, they were on these big gray ships out in the, in, in the ocean and they would hop on little rubber boats or smaller boats and then go in close to shore, a couple hundred yards offshore, get in the water, swim to the beach, do a reconnaissance of the beach, do a survey of the beach, right down where all the fighting positions were, uh, obstacles on the beach, things like that. And then they would get back in the water and then they would measure the depth of the water and they would look for obstacles in the water. And they did a whole, they would build these charts. And we, they would bring that information back to the ship. Someone would sit down and, and draw everything out. So they would, those were basically the battle plans used to do that assault on Normandy. And then hours before the actual assault, these guys would go back in and they would put demolition charges on the beach, on the obstacles on the beach, demolition charges on obstacles in the water. They took about a 75% casualty rate wow. and while they're getting shot at from the beach. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, mm -hmm. there's cover fire coming from the, the ships but they're you know they can only do so much and then as like and then here comes the saving private ryan dun, 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 assault mm -hmm. on the beach so right. they just disbanded that unit and then fast forward to uh the the island campaign in the pacific 
Marines were going, you know, going ashore, taking over these islands. And what would happen is they would hit these barrier reefs and the Marines would run off. They think they're in three feet of water, got 60, 80 pounds of gear on their back. And then they would fall off the edge of the reef on the on the far side and drown in 30 feet of water. So the Navy recommissioned these teams. And so these guys would go in. They would, you know, basically go in with like, you know, little tiny swim trunks, uh, slate around their neck to take the the uh, the the soundings and and take all their notes, uh, mask and fins and a K-bar knife. And so basically they were going into combat. They would do these reconnaissance. They would do of the beach, of the survey, the land, survey, the water, come back. And then as the before the Marines would go in, they would blow blow holes in the reefs, blow holes in the obstacles that were uh, in the water, blow holes on the beach uh, to 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 give them a, a clean line of assault. And so these guys were going into combat basically naked. So they call them the naked warrior. Mm. Fast forward, they became underwater demolition team. And then in 1962, JFK commissioned them as U.S. Navy SEALs. So the naked warrior is the predecessor of today's Navy SEAL. So a little history lesson for you. But it it also stands for something, right? Isn't it an acronym? Yes. Initially, so initially it became a tagline for take your ego off, get naked, take that ego off, take that armor you're hiding behind off. Because, you know, when we would go in combat, we're putting on armor, we're protecting ourselves from bad guys, bad things that happen to us. Sometimes it helps us, sometimes, so what? We we didn't really need it. But we come back and we take that armor off. We go hit the showers, we rest, we recover, we get ready for the next mission. In life, we don't do that. Right. We go in life and we 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 get attacked by society, we get coworkers, whatever, family members, whatever it is. And so we just stay armored up. We keep this ego up. We keep this armor up all the time. And we don't know how to ever take it off because we always feel like we're in that fight or flight yep. state. Hmm. And so CBD became a modality that helped me turn down the noise in my head, helped me take that armor off, helped me be brave. It didn't help me be brave enough to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. but it gave me enough mental capacity or pull some of my my uh the noise out of my head so i could have that more positive self-talk and and like i was saying earlier you know me being brave enough to be vulnerable was one of the hardest like hardest things i've ever done people are like oh you're navy seal you're not scared of anything i'm scared of lots of stuff especially being vulnerable sure to other men yeah and yeah. so that that is that in itself is a superpower so my original tagline, and again, I was afraid to say that because it was a little bit scary, is, you know, get naked. And again, that was take your ego off, take that armor off so you can find the healing that you actually need. Wow. Uh, fast forward, you know, I, you know, and, you know, when I started the company, I had no idea how to run a company, how to market, how to anything else. And CBD is one of those. It's probably one of the hardest markets to get in unless you have really deep pockets uh, lots of investors, things like that. I do not, I bootstrapped the whole thing, but, uh, and, and I'm working it out, but I hired coaches to help me figure out how to market this thing. And, um, you know, one of them was like, get on a bunch of podcasts. So I've been on over 450 podcasts, you know, in the last two and a half years. Um, what else? And then they're like, why aren't you coaching? Why aren't you speaking? I'm like, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to coach people about? <laughs> Turns out I, I have some stuff to yes, talk about and, and speak about. Yes, you do. And so I, I came up with this, you know, I, I made naked an acronym. And so the, the naked stands for the N is for never quit. The A is accept failure. The K is kill mediocrity. The E is expose your fears and D is do the work. So if you want to, and I call it five secrets to help you think like a Navy SEAL. So if you want to think like a Navy SEAL, you have to get naked. Yeah. Mm. So it's something that's easy for you to remember. Like you may not remember all the words, 
but I gave, but I, you know, I, I created a, a, a PDF, a little ebook that people can go back and review it. And actually I go back and review it sometimes before I get on stage because I talk about it so much. I'm like, let me just go back to the basics and remember what it is that I'm actually talking about. Yeah. 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 Those are great. Um, they, they, all five of those, I think terrified me in some, <laughs> some way, shape or form, just because, uh, that's not my specialty of, of getting naked in that sort of way. So I think it's an incredible message Profound. to be, uh, to be putting out there. Well, so I also too want to talk about the CBD products themselves. Like there, there are some other CBD products out there. I'm sure you've noticed. Um, and so what, tell us about your company and what sets you guys apart a little bit. Yeah. So it's, yeah, CBD is a very saturated industry. You can't run ads. You can't do things that other industries right. can do. So mm-hmm. I have to be more creative in, in what I do. But the, one of the things that sets us apart is our, our QA. So when CBD first became legal, uh, December 20th of 2018, or I believe, uh, was the passing of the farm bill, which made hemp legal, which made mm-hmm. CBD legal. Right. Well, the FDA and, and lots of other people have gone out and done independent checks of of CBD products that were, you know, in smoke shops and gas stations, online, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they found that most of the products either didn't have CBD in them. They had high levels of uh, heavy metals, mercury, arsenic, lead, things oh, like that. Whoa. They had uh, above the legal limit of THC. They didn't have any CBD. They had uh, other solvents and things like that because people saw this as an opportunity to get rich quick. Right. Yeah. And so, so they had very poor QA. And so when I decided to get into the CBD industry and there's a whole story behind that, I was like, I want to create the highest quality product on the planet. So I reached out to people who were extracting and, and building and, and what have you. And I partnered with the highest quality producers in the market. Mm-hmm. And so those people that I partnered with, they drove the standard for quality in the industry. So the biggest names that you see online, they were doing less QA than what we were doing. Wow. So what they might do, they might test the oil when it comes out of the plant to make sure it has what it has and doesn't have any, you know, heavy metals or anything like that, but they wouldn't test it again. They would like put it in a bottle, put it in a jar, put it in a, in a, in a, in a capsule, whatever it was, they would never test it again. So you didn't actually know what you were getting at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You didn't know if there was any contamination that happened. So we test the product when it comes out of the plant and then we test the final product to make sure that it has at least the minimum that we say it has of CBD and, and other minor cannabinoids in there um, on the backside and make sure there was nothing happened in, in the manufacturing process because things do happen. There are <laughs> contaminations that do happen. Mm-hmm. And we in, like if that does happen, then we scrap the whole batch, which kind of mm-hmm. sucks. But you know, so we put a QR code on every, so you can see every single lab result for every product that we've ever, uh, ever produced. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's, right? that's a really, yeah, that's, I never thought about Cause we deal with like supplement companies and oh, yeah. most of them are just, you know, it's the wild west out there. So for that's sure. awesome. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and so, so for every CBD product, I sell some other products that aren't, that aren't CBD and I don't, I don't do this same level of, of stuff. I, I know what's in it, but, and I can, um, but on the CBD side, just because uh, it's it, this high risk, weird industry, mm-hmm. we make sure that we, you know, we, we, every lot number. So if you, you get a bottle or a jar or gummies, a tincture, whatever it is, you can scan the QR code and then you can go and look at the, the lot number mm. 
and you can pull up that lot number and see exactly what's in the product that you have in front of you. Yeah. That's intense. Well, and you did, you mentioned this. I, I am curious. Um, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you felt like CBD was one of those things that allowed you or gave you a little bit of that space, you know, to, to, to find a little bit of, uh, you know, that transition work and kind of boosted that. Can you tell uh, talk a little bit more about um, the inspiration around cannabinoids and and why this was such an important thing for you? Well, I. I had heard about CBD, you know, I stopped listening to the radio on the drive to work and just started listening to podcasts. And there were enough people talking about CBD that I was like, I think that maybe I need this because what I was doing is pretty much just drinking myself to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. You know, I have all this noise. Some of it's, you know, occupational noise, others, you know, not so awesome relationship noise. And these things keep me up at night. They, they consume my brain. Uh, I'll, you know, I could go in any other direction but I would, I chose alcohol to kind of turn down the noise yeah. in my head. Didn't really turn it down. It just kind of doled it out. And I would pretty much just pass out at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, not a great way to perform at a, a optimal level. Right. So I, a buddy of mine gave me a bottle of CBD. I was like, I think I needed, I need to try this. And he was like, Oh, you need CBD. I've got some at home. And so he gave me a bottle. I didn't notice anything when I took that. When I finished the bottle, what I did notice is things that, weren't bothering me so much started bothering me more again so the kind of the 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 analogy i use is you know water boils at 212 degrees i was probably living my life at 210 degrees so it didn't take much for me to like hit that boiling point i was deep in the red so after taking cbd i probably went from like 210 to 205 to 200 to 195 to 190 my fuse got longer yeah and things that would normally make me mad but i didn't notice it while i was taking it i noticed it when i stopped taking it yeah Mm. And so I was like, well, maybe there was something to that CBD thing. Maybe it was placebo. I don't know. And so I tried a different brand. I had very similar results. And so then I went to this uh, business symposium thing and I met a girl in the CBD industry. She was putting CBD into kinesiology tape. And I was like, hey, I want to be in the CBD industry. I think this is my new mission, my new purpose. She was like, well, why don't you start your own CBD company? And I said, I don't know how to do that. I really wanted her to hire me and and work for her. And she trained me and all this other stuff. She didn't have the capacity to do that. So she said, just start your own CBD company. And I said, I don't know how to do that. She leaned in and she said, you are a Navy SEAL. You can figure it out. So I politely asked my hand card back. And uh, not to give that up ever again. That was embarrassing. (laughs) That's great. Well, I want to, on the heels of what you were just saying, that you come out, there's a lot of noise, right? One of your charitable affiliations is with 22-0. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so they do a really great job of visualization. I, I love what they do. And, and one of the things they do, they've actually grown so much. They've helped so many people out. They Much of their force, their, um, their ther- therapist, somebody, therapist is not the right word, but mm-hmm. their, uh, their coach, we'll call them coaches, is are people who have benefited from sort of doing this um, this kind of therapy, this visualization therapy. And, and really what they do is they talk about, you know, think about a, a rear view mirror. Like when you're driving, you have the big window so you can see what's in front of you. And you have the rear view mirror, which is a little tiny thing right here. Yeah. So you can kind of see what's, if there's something happening behind you, if you need to stop quickly or, or whatever. Or they talk about a, a TV screen. Okay, so it's a 60-inch TV screen, and and every session it gets smaller to like a little black and white TV screen. Mm-hmm. And those are the things, the traumas that that keep you up at night, that 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 are bothering you. The 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 PTSDs or the whatever you want to call them. I don't like to use that word. I like to say baggage. So the baggage that you have, and it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it's not consuming you anymore. It's still there. It's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it's whether you lo- choose to watch it or listen to it or not is really the, the choice. And so they help teach you how to make it smaller and smaller and smaller so that it's just a little bit of noise in the background. It's not big noise like mm-hmm. you're at a concert. But the profundity is in the name, right? Mm-hmm. And what the what it means to say 22 to 0. It has to do with right. the suicide of Right. So of it's it's veterans. it's yeah, so we we lose 22 veterans a day to to suicide. And and my dad is one of those 22. Mm-hmm. He took his life not long after I graduated SEAL training. Oh my god. And um and so that's our mission at Naked Warrior Recovery is 22 to 0 is to eliminate veteran suicide. And I believe CBD is a modality that can help get us there. Wow. Other yeah. uh, the mindset is other pieces of it. Helping people transition from the military is a piece of it. There's a lot of pieces of it, and wow. so that's why I've I've chosen to partner with with several of these charity organizations to help eliminate veteran suicide. And there's a lot of organizations out there. I I like these three um, yeah. because of what they do. Wow. Yeah, I'd like to help more, but I that's all I can do for now. Yeah, yeah, no, that's incredible. Yeah. And and you said something that was interesting too around referring to it as baggage as compared to PTSD and the the thing you said that right as I was thinking about the word trauma too and and I I'm wondering a little bit in this if this is conceptual then uh, feel free to tell me I'm an idiot and move past it but um what what I was thinking is do you're you a feel, genius yeah Michael <laughs> do you feel uh like tell me a little bit about that distinction in your mind between baggage and trauma right because we we talk a lot about especially today trauma and its impacts and how to deal with trauma how to overcome trauma and I'm, I'm just wondering it sounded like you did a little flip there and I'm just curious if there was something more to that I think trauma I think it's a choice if you how you how you want to experience it so you can you can call it trauma like you can come and punch me in the face and you can call that trauma mm-hmm. um, or I can say I should have moved I should have ducked or dodged or, or, or parried that, that punch. Okay. It's, I think it's, it's, it's in how you, I still got punched no matter what I call it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's how I accept it. Did I, do I take it on as a lesson learned or do I take it on as sort of this victim mm-hmm. mindset mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I say victim cause we got a lot of victim mindsets nowadays and, and mm-hmm. it's, it bothers me quite a lot. Yeah. 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 And I also want, I, I think sometimes too, putting more power into a particular word or even a diagnosis can sometimes bind somebody to that mm. rather than teaching them how to develop the steps to scar over, I guess. And, and, and to, to yeah, move on. I, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Whether wow. you want it to be trauma or you want it to be a lesson. Mm-hmm. That's profound. It, it's, you still got, I still got punched in the face. Do I learn a lesson from it? Do I have a scar from it? Sure. No big deal. I will still live my life as, as awesomely as I can doesn't stop me from being punched in the face. I still got punched. Mm-hmm. Did I learn something from it? Yes, I did. I'm going to learn to duck or dodge <laughs> or dive or whatever. The line from dodgeball. <laughs> right. I missed it. No idea why. But <laughs> Well, it's clear. You have learned an amazing amount of life lessons, not only as a Navy SEAL, but now as a civilian. And when you go to to William's website, there is a free ebook there based on those yes. the, the five secrets to su- seal secrets to success, and I think they're based on the, the naked acronym, right? So, what yes, are some, what are some of those lessons that our listeners out there can take from all of your wisdom and and your life that has been so full? What are the lessons that you can kind of give some of our listeners on how to apply some of this that seal that steel training to our own life? I'll give you some that are not in that ebook. Oh, cool. And so I'll. I'll do one. Uh, so I, I'll say make bold adjustments. So this is a yeah. lesson I learned teaching sniper school and 
and then going back to the platoons and and running ranges in the platoons what i would find and i'll and i'll come to my point in just a second what i would find is guys that were off the gun for a long time like maybe they went and did an admin role or they went and did some training stuff we don't you know they don't get to keep their guns when they're doing that they have to turn them in someone else gets them they get new guns when they when they get back in the platoon and you would think that every navy seal would know how to sight in their weapon and how to dial everything in and that's actually not true some guys are really good at that other guys are good at other things mm -hmm. jumping out of airplanes blowing stuff up things like that yeah. diving i was good at all the gun stuff and so I, because I was a sniper, I was a sniper instructor and I came back and I, you know, and I would run the range with the, with the platoons or the task units. And I would see guys that haven't been on the gun for a long time. They would have a hard time getting their impacts into the, onto the bullseye. And so they would like, you know, keep making these small adjustments, click, 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 click. And their impacts weren't moving. And I would watch this and I would wait for them to say something like, Hey, my gun is broken. My gun isn't working right. My scope, my whatever it is. And I would say, may I, can I borrow that for a second? And I would just like do these really ridiculous over the top adjustments <laughs> to move their impacts like across the paper. Mm -hmm. And they were like, dude, you broke my thing. And I'm like, just do me a favor and just take three more shots. And so what they would find is their impacts would be on the other side of the paper, but way closer to the bullseye. Mm -hmm. And so, and then they can make the incremental adjustments to get them into the bullseye. And so the same thing happens in life. And I've heard some other people talk about it. Uh, like Tim Ferriss would talk about sometimes do the wrong thing, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. And that's really the lesson there is if you're doing these sort of minor things and you're not seeing any, you know, for a long time, you know, like if you're working out and you want to get a certain uh, physique, it's going to take a long time to get there. It's going to take the proper nutrition, the supplement, whatever it is, and dedication to the proper rest, all that good stuff to get you the gains that you're looking for. So that's going to, but those are, that was probably a bold adjustment that you made in the beginning to start living that lifestyle. Yeah. So, but if you're just like, you're just like continuing to like, but hit your head against the wall like this isn't working this isn't working this isn't working part of that that definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result yeah do something completely the opposite do a bold thing like you know call someone at midnight rather than <laughs> you know call them at, at at noon like do the do like go in the opposite direction that everyone else is going hmm. um who uh what, what's the guy's name um big investor warren buffett mm -hmm. he, he talks about when when people are scared go and buy that or right. when people are greedy run away like sell that thing whatever mm -hmm. it is mm -hmm. right. like do the opposite of what the masses are doing yeah. yeah make those bold adjustments in your life and that was one of the like one of these great lessons that i learned that has helped propel me into you know killing mediocrity in my life mm -hmm. because it's real easy for us to fall into that that trap of scrolling social media and finding excuses to not you know attack our goals for the day so a, a lot of times it's just go do the opposite thing. Go do something that is so profound. Like people are like, why the hell are you doing that? When mm. I started Naked Warrior Recovery, people are like, why are you doing that? Mm. That's, yeah. you don't have any money to do that. I'm like, I know, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I, and I, I uh, that. always I being that. uncomfortable. Yeah. And awesome. you know, like when people were like, hey, why aren't you speaking? I'm like, I should not, I don't have anything to talk about. Well, apparently I do. But I, I get on stage and I love it. <laughs> yes, um, you do. Yes, you do. But I used to say that I'm more comfortable in a gunfight than I am speaking in front of people. Yeah. Wow. Like I'd say that like every time I got on stage, some of it was to kind of get the nerves out and other yeah. parts were to just like talk to the crowd and, and, and let them know that, Hey, we're, I'm, I'm just one of you. So it kind of humanized me a little bit because mm -hmm. when people hear my, my resume, they're like, Oh, you're like, right. 
That's what we thought. Yeah. <laughs> no, That's what yeah, Michael right. thought. I'm, I'm just a, like a regular guy over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and talking about getting on stage, too, another thing that you do in your public speaking is uh, you speak to corporations and CEOs about leadership. Um, and though like, mo- a lot of the audience is not le- CEOs, uh, a lot of our audience right. is not CEOs. Right. <laughs> and so what kind of lessons are there from speaking and teaching about leadership and management styles and things of this nature to how does that translate to just kind of the general populace? I would counter you that that the majority or a hundred percent of the people that listen to the show are CEOs. Good, good one. Yeah. C- uh, good C- correction. CEO of their own life. Oh, yeah. nice. Of their family, their nice. friends, whatever it is. They are all, every everyone is a leader. Yeah. Whether you choose to lead or not is completely up to you. So the first thing you have to do is you have to lead yourself. When you learn to lead yourself and have a little bit of discipline. Mm. You know, keep promises to yourself. So, you know, you, you set your alarm for, for 5.30 in the morning. You don't hit the snooze button. You get up at 5.30 in the morning. Well, how do I? Well, I'm really tired at 5.30. Well, go to bed 30 minutes earlier or an hour earlier. I, and, I, and I have supplements to help you do that. But, <laughs> um, that. That's what I do. Like I like my brain just continues to like go. And it's like, it's time for bed. I got to turn it down. So, yeah. So I've, I have and I, and I actually have found. The, so let me just talk about CBD really quickly. The majority of my products don't have THC in them. So they're mostly broad spectrum products. There's three main categories, full spectrum, which has some level of THC, broad spectrum, which has all the other minor cannabinoids minus the THC, and then a CBD isolate, which is a lot of the the CBD out there. Uh, It's the lowest quality product and least effective. Mm -hmm. So I would say a broad spectrum or full spectrum product are the the best products if you're going to take CBD. Um, And then I have some products that have a little bit higher doses of of THC, still staying inside the the limits of the farm bill. Mm -hmm. But you know, you definitely feel the effects of THC. Don't take these if you are going to be drug tested. Mm-hmm. You will fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what it does, it helps just like slow my brain down. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, now I can go close my eyes and, and actually go to sleep. But you have to be the leader. You have to be your own leader. You have to lead yourself first. And so I, I actually am I'm finishing a book called Five Seal Secrets of, of Leadership. Or that's oh. not what it will be called. But these are my five seal secrets of leadership. So, And I like to use a gunfight as the the way to train leaders and so step number one is to multitask like a navy seal and so when you're in a gunfight you have to multitask you have to do three things really really well you have to be able to shoot you have to be able to move and you have to be able to communicate Mm -hmm. nothing else matters Mm -hmm. and when you're shooting you're doing a really poor job of communicating and a really poor job of maneuvering Mm -hmm. so in order to effectively communicate you have to stop shooting you look to the guy to your right and you pass the word and he's he passes the word back to you okay that's effective communication that was two-way and then I turn to the guy to my other side and I pass the word. He passes the word back to me. Okay, we have two-way communication and they do it up and down the line. And then when it's time to move, we're able to move effectively. We're communicating effectively and we're shooting effectively. So just put that in the corporate environment. Hmm. I come in your office. I'm writing on, you're, you're writing an email. You're writing something. You're maybe communicating with a, a, a prospect, a client or whatever. And I work for you. And I come in and, and I say, Michael. Uh, I got this problem. I got this thing I'm dealing with. I'm trying to do the thing and whatever. And you're like, yeah, okay. And you keep typing and you're like, oh, tell me about it. I can listen to you and type at the same time. You well, must know, that's Michael. Actually- that's exactly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happens. You prepped him, didn't you? <laughs> and they promise I did not. <laughs> and and so, so he, the, the thing is, you can't do both of those things effectively. You can only either finish typing the thing that you're working on effectively and get your your thoughts out there or you can stop typing and you can listen to me. If you don't stop and listen to me, then you're actually telling me that I am not worth your time. 
And I don't mean you specifically, Michael. I'm not, I'm not trying to pick <laughs> on you. I'm just like <laughs> in, in, in general. Yeah. And and you can't effectively yeah. like listen to what I have to say and fi- figure out solutions for me if you're busy like with your half your mind is on this thing and mm-hmm. half your mind is it, a quarter of your mind is is on me and the other quarter is like thinking about what you're gonna have for dinner tonight. So so you either have to say hold on just a second let me finish my thought let me finish writing this thing out okay and then you stop and you look up and you you address the the problem you listen and 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 try to deliver a a solution. So that's you know everyone thinks that they can multitask no one can multitask. I mean, we're always texting and, and checking email while we're driving. And that's, you know, we're not doing either one of those things effectively. Mm. Right. Uh, so, so that's number one. Number two is, uh, I, I say leaders get no bullets and I get a lot of pushback from this, okay. but in a gunfight, the leader's job is to lead. And oftentimes, you know, we're training these young seal officers and I'll position myself usually as a senior guy, I'll position myself next to that, that young seal officer in, in these practice gunfights that we do, and we have, you know, targets downrange, they're shooting back at us, just like sound and, and noise and little green men popping up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'll tell them, I'm like, listen, I'm not ever going to override your authority. Whatever you say goes. If you get stuck, I'll try to pimp you, I'll try to give you enough information because maybe you didn't see enough information on the battlefield to make the right decision or make a decision. And so I'll position myself there and then we'll, you know, we'll be walking along and then the gunfight starts. And then he just keeps shooting rounds downrange. He'll stop shooting. I might say, hey, what's the call? And he'll stop shooting. He'll look around. And he's not really sure what the call is or should be. Or maybe he's scared to make the call. And then he'll start shooting some more. Because if I can't do like, mm-hmm. I, I, I got to do something here. I can't do nothing. Mm-hmm. So eventually I'll, you know, we'll make it really painful for him. And then the next, you know, do that a few runs. And then we'll come back and I'll say, okay, you get no bullets today. Mm-hmm. You get no bullets in your gun. You get to carry all the weight of bullets, but you don't get to shoot any. You get no wow. bullets in your gun. And they so we walk along, we get in a gunfight, they feel completely neutered. Mm-hmm. They're like, what the hell do I do now? Oh, now your job is to lead. Because when you're looking down the sights of your weapon, you're not looking at the battlefield. You're not right. looking at your team. You're not looking at the enemy situation, and you're not looking at the terrain. These mm-hmm. are all things that you need to, to understand. You don't know, like, maybe we have, like, some close air support. Like, you need to, like, stop shooting so you can talk to the comms guy. Hey, call, you know, or maybe you get on the radio and, you know, call for for backup. But if you're looking down the sights of your weapon, you're engaging targets, you're not leading. And that happens in the corporate environment all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Where, you know, leaders are, like, looking down and they're, like, in the business, like, of employees when really they should pull themselves out, detach themselves from the situation, look around, read the environment, what's happening around here. Okay. Now make a decision, make a call. Don't mm-hmm. so that you can be you can be uh proactive in in making your call and not reactive to what's happening in the market or or whatever. What's the what is our competition doing? How can we beat our competition? Mm-hmm. What are they doing and how can we do it better? Right. How can we outmaneuver them? What is what's the maneuver we need to make on the battlefield? So those are just some things that I, you know, I talk to to my corporate uh clients about. Uh, it, it, as far as leadership, OODA loop is the number three, observe, orient, decide, act. It's just a very quick decision-making process, uh, commander's intent. So basically the, the boss, the CEO, the, whoever it is need to say, Hey, these are my left and right boundaries or, or a leader in any capacity. These are my left and right boundaries. You know what the mission is. You know what we need to do, how to get there. You're empowered. I'm not going to micromanage you. This is the mission. This is the objective. As long as you stay inside these boundaries, legal, moral, ethical, you can do whatever you need to do to accomplish the mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that leads into uh, the, the last, which is decentralized command and control. Um, someone else, I was talking to someone else uh, recently, and they were talking about um, 
what did they say? It, it's instead of your environment, it's your ego. Mm. Rather than so you're you're so busy like trying to control what everyone else is doing. Just let everyone do their job. Train them. The, the 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 problem here is most organizations don't train their people in what to do. And I worked for an organization. And I was like, hey, I need more information. I need more help. I need to. You need to train me how to do this. What are you exactly looking for? And they would get mad at me because I would ask for help. I'm like that. You should be grateful that I'm yeah, asking for yeah, help. Yeah. And I also made those mistakes as a young leader as well. I'm like I don't know how to do. They came to me and like I don't know how to do that. I'm like you know more than me. Just go figure it out. And so that was poor leadership on my part. Mm -hmm. But I've learned those lessons so that I can share them with other people. I learn mostly through failure. Wow. I got to I got to fail a bunch of times. I rarely learn by doing it right because I don't know if I actually did it right or not. <laughs> sure. Maybe I got lucky. Sure, sure. So yeah. I know all the ways to not do something <laughs> so that I know exactly how to do it right. So you could just trust me on that one. Well, I will say I think Genova has an excellent CEO because he fit all of those things you just said. So I'm feel, I feel very fortunate. Um, <laughs> and they're all super profound. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll Patty, I'll I'll stop typing when you when he you does it every day. Talk. William, I, I promise I'll do that. <laughs> I'm sitting there talking to me like. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> Like rude. I mean, it could, it could just be like in, in, you know, in, in your personal, in your personal life, you're at home, you know, yeah, your, yeah. your family member comes in and you're like typing away, you're scrolling social media, put your phone down, yeah. have a conversation at dinner. Yeah. 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 Boy, fine to like communicate with one another. It's yeah. Profound, profound. Well, and be present. Well, I love the, these are all phenomenal, profound ideas. And I'm so glad we're putting that out there for everyone. But we know now that you are on social media and that you are putting yourself out there. So where can people go to find you or work with you or support your mission? You came off the island. Buy your products. Plug right. away. Tell us where we can find everything William Branham. And I travel I travel quite a bit in, in coaching and, and, and doing other things. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I would say start at 5sealsecrets.com. Go to the website, the number 5sealsecrets.com. Put your information in there download that thing and then if you you will go on my email list which is if you don't want to be on there unsubscribe you're not going to hurt my feelings but i do want you to have the the product yeah. i want you to have this ebook go and read it go and learn it go and implement it in your life uh if you want to follow me on social media i'm william.r.branham on instagram i'm william branham something everything i do is on instagram on facebook on linkedin on TikTok. if it's a video I'm not very good on on X, uh, but uh, be mostly because they have very, you know, you can only write so many characters in there. And I'm like, that's too much work. Because uh, if I wrote this whole big message for Facebook or Instagram and, and LinkedIn, then it, it doesn't always translate <laughs> right, to, right, to, right. The, to the tweet, to the tweet. But uh, anyway, that's that's where I am. Um, yeah. And and if you are interested in CBD or any of the products I sell, it's uh, the website is nw-recovery.com for Naked Warrior. I originally, it, it, you can go to nakedwarriorrecovery.com, but I thought like maybe people don't want to write naked in their search engine, so I <laughs> maybe I should make it nw. <laughs> and so it's nw-recovery.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, great. So those are those are that's where you can find me. And, and if you want to buy anything, if you want to hire me for speaking or coaching or anything like that, go to Five Steel Secrets. Just reply to that email that you get, and we can have that conversation. Love it. And we will link to all of those things in the show notes, so you haven't missed anything. So, But, William, we're so honored to meet you, and we're so profoundly sure. grateful that you spent time with us. Thank you for having me on here. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, but before we let you go, you we do have one last question, and it's kind of a quirky question that I'm going to kick to Michael Chapman. We always have a silly, oddball question at the end of these uh, conversations. and so My favorite. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> this is uh, – I'm gonna. This, this might be a little tricky one, so uh, I'm just going to lay it on. So, with – 
wild animals. What wild animal would you think fulfills kind of the genre of naked warrior the most? What is the most naked warrior of the animal kingdom? Hmm. Oh, that's a really good quirky question. I like that's that. Crazy. What animal naked warrior? I'm trying to remove myself from the <laughs> from the animal thing there. Yeah, yeah. No, we've got time. We've got time. <laughs> right. That's really like, oh, that's <laughs> I should have studied. I should have watched some National Geographic before this <laughs> podcast, I think. Um, We're saying naked where you're talking like like embodies Navy SEALs. Yeah. The most. Yeah. The honey badger, maybe. Honey badger. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Um, I I like to think of like some sort of alpha alpha predator you hmm. know lion shark yeah something yeah some people are like oh dolphin i'm like ah that's more playful than what i sure. you yeah. know maybe once upon a time right. almost like an orca um like orca a, maybe yeah good one yeah see well this one that was a hard one Michael. i know really was, i was trying that, to wrap my own mind around that one I, but it was too uh, too <laughs> intriguing not to True. explore it for me so. fair that's I, I i like i like the question you know this is a question i ask a, a lot of companies that I, when i start working for them is you know it goes back to this boat crew thing and i i ask them it which really makes them think i ask them if you lost everything today mm-hmm. you had to start over from the beginning and you could only, depending on the size of the company, and you could only take seven people with you, who would it be? Wow. If it's a small company, I'll say you can only take three people with you. Mm-hmm. And wow. you're one of those people. Who's it going to be? Wow. And who who in your leadership is it not going to be and why? Wow. And so that's like some very like mental gymnastics. Like, And then I'm like, so why do you have that person in that position? Wow. Now? So they start a- answering their own questions. Like, why do we, what, what are the issues? What are, so anyway. Um, so it's I, I like asking hard questions that that make you think. So now and you so can, I appreciate that uh, yeah. that question. And now you can throw in the wild animal question next time you go too. <laughs> and what is the wild? What is that wild animal for your company? <laughs> well, all of this being said, this is phenomenal. It's a pleasure and honor to have met you, William, and we're so grateful you spent time with us today. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you so much. I'm not gonna lie, and I didn't mean to be disrespectful in talking about how fearful I was when he was reading off the acronym for naked. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was just looking at myself. I was like, Chapman, you got to step your freaking game up, man. Listen, never quit. Accept <laughs> failure. Kill mediocrity. Expose your fears and do the work. You think you can do that? The only thing I can think I can, I'm, I'm actually, that doesn't scare me is never give up. The rest of them, pretty scary. <laughs> well, it's actually never quit. I accept my failure. Next time on The Lab Report, we're going to talk about our new lab test, Mm -hmm. the Endo Plus. There is nothing like this on the market. Cutting edge. Wait to hear all about it. That's right. We're going to talk all about the hormones. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. So I just want to say. What? I feel like we were singling me out a little bit as far as the uh, 
being distracted while listening and doing the typing. Well, you do that. Every I feel morning. like it was every a little morning. I think that is not true, and every, I'm going to defend myself. You literally here. just did it this morning. I stopped typing. You and did. I, you did. Yeah, and yeah, I did. and I feel like this is one of those scenarios <laughs> where it's nine times out of ten I pick my socks up off the floor, but what do I get known for? The one time out of ten mm. that I leave my socks there, and then it becomes you always leave your Listen, socks. You don't. You don't do that here in the office, so I don't know anything about your socks. I don't see you leaving socks around <laughs> the department. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, yeah, uh, I think I'm just trying to clear my name. All right, I'm all a right. pretty good listener. Okay, I spend a lot of time listening to people. Okay, that's all I'm trying to say. Okay, I'm trying to defend my honor. Done. I noticed you didn't agree in any sort of way. I said okay. Great. Done. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>